Hello and welcome to the Freedom of the Football Podcast, a podcast where three friends are the GP professional footballers dash to waste children, but when a breath was confined to a wheelchair and the other two discovered food, have their say on the Premier League. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for a special episode, Darren is especially not here again. Ah, we can allow him. You can allow him. It's, it's, it's a special episode, don't worry about it. He's ill. He's ill. Apparently. Apparently. We know what you're doing, fam. Say your chest, bro. Say your chest. Be chesty, man. Say right. so you're looking after your girlfriend. It's fine. Don't we're, worry about we're, it. We're your boys, man. We're you know? boys. Come on, man. And we said it on the podcast. There you go. It's going on onto the, onto the internet, my friend. There you go. Uh, See? Yeah, your caring boyfriend. Thank you. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Special podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk about England here. England. What's... What's it? What, what? English football. English football. Just English players. Just... English coaches, everything. You just can still buy the excitement in... Our voices. It's got to be a fun podcast. Yeah. So do do try, do listen, and you may learn a thing or two. We're going to start off. I, I'm, let's talk about England, though. So, at this very moment in time, I believe that they're in a. They're at a point where the, the only way is up. We thought that they were only going to. It couldn't get worse after losing to Iceland in the Euros, and then then the old Sam Allardyce uh, press thing scandal, massive scandal. So, what essentially did he, he? He pretty much planned to sell off information how to avoid was it FFP rules in a, a um, yeah a, a way to um, avoid cer- certain transfer fees in deals yeah. to agents and to the FA and all that in order to get a pay a fair cut for yourself mm. and get the club I guess a, a fairer cut of the deal sort of thing. Bit of a conniving bastard that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never liked him. No, to be honest. So you, you guys say he was one of the best managers in the Premier League. Nah, yeah, nah, he's not. That, that's that's so. That's Darren. That's Darren. <laughs> that's he's a so dickhead. Darren. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Hate that guy with a passion. Don't blame me. But no, yeah. So he does that. It turns out a uh, bit of entra- not entrapment, but journalist being being very cunning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they call him caught him slipping. Yeah, but he, he says uh, entrapment one of the day. At the end of the day, you don't go and tell journalists these stuff. You don't tell anybody these stuff, even exactly. if four hundred grand as well. Y- yeah, you're a millionaire, you know. Exactly, it's weird. I mean, you've got your dream job, so you you'd assume they wouldn't do anything to yeah, jeopardize much, it. Like two million a year or something like something that. Like that, yeah. So, Christ, man, to give that all up, it didn't make sense. Didn't make it's sense. Stupid. That's all. And he wasn't, of course, the only manager caught in these cases. There were a few lower league managers, and coaches, and coaches. Assistants. Who who was what those? There was one that got fired. Um, assistant, uh, oh, I can't remember the club. Um, I can't remember the club. Something Black. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, yeah I mean that's his last name. I can't remember his first name. Sorry, Steve Black. That's what your name. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it's good. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he got fired. He got caught. Um, there, Jimmy Floyd husband was caught up in it as well. But yeah. apparently, they uh, edited the the, uh, the, the footage. tape and the footage to make it seem like he was a bit shady, a bit conniving, and QPR are. QPR and Jimmy Floyd are planning to file law, a lawsuit against the uh, guard. Was, was it the guard? The observer, wasn't it? No, it was the Indi. Who was it? It was the observer. Yeah, yeah. Was it Telegraph? It was a Telegraph. Telegraph. Jesus Christ! There wow. You there you As you can see, we care. We uh, care so much <laughs> about this. Yeah, and apparently there was like a uh, a few Premier League managers involved. There were a few. Um, Can't a few name names, names. A few names were thrown out there, yeah. especially one that I did not think I was ever. Well, actually, no. Then again, he did 
Let me not do it. Let's um, not do it. Huh? Yeah, not do it. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Yeah. yeah. No. But I was about to say, how can you? Know, you, can't, you can trust. I'm sure you can trust him, but then, nah. You can't. Um, it, it, it's just a, it's just a shame because the English, we t- we know the English game was really uh, down low anyway in terms of everything in general, the quality of the league and all that until maybe this summer when we got new managers, better players coming in, and then obviously England, Iceland, <laughs> trash. Um, it's just it was just a damn shame. And then um, Sam Alas gets a job, and to be honest, most people didn't really want him to get a job in the first place. Yeah, nobody wanted him in in there. Um, I personally wanted Kling- Klinsman, Klinsman, but yeah. the FA and the uh, English fans and their xenophobic ways. One Englishman, one Englishman for it, the English job. Era of the era of the Brexit, you know. Yeah, because um, English coaches are so good. Well, yeah, you know, they're out there being world class. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> it's just like it's like I don't understand why there is a need for an English coach I mean they look at and they come and say yeah but Germany have got a German coach uh, Spain have got a Spanish coach yeah because they're good mm-hmm. this is not a case of if the guy is good you give him the job of course if he deserves it he's done something he wants to do it cool but you're at a stage where you hired one and he didn't even make it to Euro 2008 they hired another one who just didn't do anything really special and now you've got another one who's just gone and done this. Um, now Gareth Southgate's in charge. I understand under 21 is just do a quick fix for now, see what happens. I mean, at the moment, he's definitely caretaker, but if he does well... They'll give it to him. They'll probably give it to him. Yeah. The thing about this, though, is if you look at their their fixtures, and he has no right to lose any of them. So Yeah, like apart from the friendlies, it's just... Apart from the friendlies, here, I'm going to try find it for you. Should have should have been ready, should have been prepared. That's all right. But here we go. So, Group F. So, they beat Malta the um, other day. Yeah. Uh, group that, F. That, that, boom, was a, boom. that was a disappointing game as well. It was disappointing, yeah, absolutely. It's a good idea you didn't come, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got tickets. And I, got, and I, and I yeah. said vehemently. I mean, thank you, to, um, thank you to Football Beyond Borders for giving me those tickets as well. Um, to... Of, um, free of charge as well so yeah. that, was, that was nice so um, and I can't complain on their behalf but it's just the game was just the game was dreadful you know, you know I've never, it's 2-0 as well yeah like, against Malta like I've never actually left a game early ever <laughs> ever oh no I left at the 75th minute I, it was 75th minute and I was considering living at 80th so simply because of traffic mm. and then I thought to myself you know what I, I just I have to go because England are not scoring again and I knew it you can, mm. you're watching the game and the fans around were just saying yeah this is this is done mm. so I just thought I'm kicking here we go here's their group this group is Scotland Slovenia Lithuania Slovakia and Malta who they beat recently Slovenia I see was it no Slovakia who was Hamsik Slovakia Slovakia are the only ones I see given yeah. any challenge but Scotland they've right. lost they, they've lost both of their games in the uh Group so far, no points. You lost twice, yeah. So, wow, okay, he's got an easy run. Yeah, it's going to be quite simple for him. I honestly believe that uh, it should be Wenger. That's what they think. I think that's what the plan is. Yeah, but it depends because the Arsenal players have come out and said that they expect Wenger to stay. Yeah, there's he, um, they, they, I think it was was it Bellerin? Yeah, and, and Santi, those two. That's right. Santi Carzola said um, he, the boss has given uh, no inkling that he's, he's leaving. He's leaving, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll go. Maybe he won't. But um, here's the problem with giving it to Southgate. What's he done? 
Apart from he's, he's done, he's done okay with under twenty ones, but it's under twenty ones. It's a different level, different, different, no. ex- different expectation, no. different beast. There you go. That's my quote. That's Don't watch. Quote. I was getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I understand. They say you know he's done with the under twenty ones and he won the two long tournament with them. So if he was, if there's a manager, I guess to bring that next level under twenty ones to the first team and manage them would be him because they used him, mm. but you're coming to a level where other t- countries are bringing their better players as well because to be honest some of these teams that dominate now didn't dominate as much in the Antonio was your Spain's Germany's they didn't do as much they were, they were good but they weren't dominant now they're dis- just dangerous in every sense yeah you, you see I definitely get your point the, the players that won uh, both, double, both Euros and the World Cup for Spain yeah weren't winning under under 21, under under 21 as, level as a high level like that I remember the uh, team that won the under 21s with the gear in it with Spain that is the players that you see now that are doing business uh, Tiago Alicantara yeah to Gea <clears throat> excuse me oh I think Pedro as well as um, so yes it's all, all well and good but this is the man that got Mills were relegated even though they were a sinking ship yeah that's the thing that he's not he's not a great manager and you want to give him a chance because you never know. I mean, he there's, there's, there is a possibility that he could do well, win all the qualifiers, win all the friendlies, go to a tournament and do extremely well with England and maybe get to a final. It could happen. That's a possibility. It's but a rare possibility. Exactly. It's the likelihood of it happening. And I don't have a problem with England winning an English coach. It's just whether they're good enough or not. And there are better coaches out there who will probably take the job. And maybe, I mean, the, never know, they could do a poor job. Because, um, I mean, we say this, but Capello didn't do that well. Or yeah, what he what was expected of him. Yeah, I mean, he had a reputation and he exactly. didn't do a great job, so it, it could falter. But, but at the same time, look at Sven. I thought he did well. He did a great job. As well, I, yeah, yeah, I think Absolutely. he did very well. So you've you've seen you've seen it works for you. So why not go to that possibility now? Because to be honest, you're running out of English managers that you'd want to get a job because. After this, all I'm hearing is Eddie Howe. Uh, I don't think Eddie Howe's going to take the job because he's really come out and said, you know, he doesn't think English managers should feel like they should get any big job until they've earned the right, like in the right yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Of, but if we look at it, that that, that that England job, it's career suicide. It is. It's absolutely career suicide. Because if, if you fail right now, it's done. I mean, you can you could say, once again, I bring up Capello here, but he went to Russia. Mm. And... He didn't do great there either, to be honest. Well, he didn't do great there, but it's not. It's not. It's not one of the jobs that you, you'd expect. A how many times that man won the Champions League? I can't remember. It's quite a bit. About three times. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, the the media will say maybe he's fallen behind the times of football, and you can see that bit by no, bit has, towards absolutely. towards the end of his tenure. But at the end of the day, I've always said this: is why I think international football is easier to manage, and why I feel. You're not gonna. Sometimes you're gonna get situations where your one team is not gonna meet their expectations. Like Spain didn't do it in the last tournament because they were beaten by better teams than them in that not the day. Mm. But the reason why international managers management is easier is because you have that you have that selection pool. So if a player is injured, even if he's your best player, you still have a selection of so many talent mm. to pick and then put in. And then I know he got injured, he didn't play, but putting Glenn Johnston in the team didn't make any sort of sense. <laughs> Like it, it's, it's a stupid decision and that's the kind of thing that's not going to get you a permanent job because you came out and you said yeah um, we're talking about youth in this country but sometimes you need a bit of experience 
you're facing Malta and Slovenia. You don't need that much experience to beat these two teams. And you being the under-21 manager, surely they look at you as the man that would then promote the next batch of an English talent to come through. Mm. It's quite disappointing. And it's English football in general was just going wayward right now. Let's, let's, let's get deep into that. So here's the, here's the quote that's been hanging around there for, for, for a few years now. It's that English football... No, the Premiership is the best league in the world. Entertainment-wise, there you go. You, it, have to, you, have to, you have to break it down. That being said, and nobody breaks it down. They, everybody, everybody assumes when people say the Premier League is the best league in the world, it's all about the quality. Yeah, it's and see, the thing is, the thing is, they. This is the thing that we have in this country. They, they talk about all these other leagues. You talk about Italy. You talk about. Spain talk about Germany. That's what they usually talk about. And mm. and now France, because I guess PSG are a big power now. Mm. They say in France, um, PSG are the only team that are going to win it because you know, they've got this guy, this guy. They're struggling right now. Italy, um, Juve, da-da-da-da. And Juve have won consecutive titles, of course. But go back to last season when they struggled for the first 10, the way they had to fight back to win that title. It was exciting to watch. Spain, Atletico killed that whole top two only dream that people have been watching to be honest, there's been times when Valencia have won it or another team's come through and shocked them. Those leagues are just as entertaining as our leagues because we were screaming best league in the world when it was only Man United, Chelsea or Arsenal winning the league. Whereas that makes us no different from Madrid or Barcelona because you only got two teams. There's only one extra. But their games are just as entertaining. I think they've got more quality, more technically better players, um, more... Games much faster. Faster, tactically smarter yeah. footballers. Mm-hmm. And you know, you rip the level of defenders that aren't that are there. That's why Ronaldo and Messi scored these many goals, saying that you can't do it against. I mean, Messi scored against how many English clubs now? Ronaldo has done it against Man United twice and Man City and scored forty in one one year. Exactly in England. In England, um, he scored fifty consecutively. And more to the point, if you're talking about their defenders, one just came from Villarreal to Man United and has been one of the best defenders in the league so far this season and one came from Atletico to Tottenham after having a loan at Southampton and is the best defender in the league. Do you want Lauren Koscielny? He must be on banter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's a discussion for another day, another boy. Day, another day, another day. <laughs> so, um, like, that league is very strong. It's very good. The German league as well. Obviously, Bayern, they dominate it. But you talk about Bayern only, you face Dortmund, Dortmund will pop you. Pop you, I mean, I'll have to bring the slang up. They'll pop you. Um, Schalke will do well against you. Leverkusen will do well against you. These are good teams. Munchen, Gladbach. Glad- do yeah, they, they do good against you. Like, don't come saying, oh, but we've got, obviously, we've got, our, we've got Man United, um, Arsenal, Man City, and you say Chelsea, who have, fa- who have been failing for the past two years. You talk about Liverpool, who are only now just starting to come up again. But they're not even just there yet. Tottenham are gradually bit by a bit coming up as well. well they'll eventually choke all the, as they always do. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see about that. <laughs> I hope they don't. Um, but you, you talk about all these teams, but then you got, you say, oh, it's only Sp- in Spain, it's only Madrid and this guy. But you got Bilbao, you got Sevilla, um, you got Celta Vigo, who just beat Barcelona again. Like these, we, we were talking about France as well. Monaco beat Tottenham exactly at Wembley. At Wembley. Quite comfortably as well. Comfortably. So you've got all these teams. Leon have good talents. You're screaming that they're, they're not a good side. You're trying to sign their players. And you can't even say that money has a, a major factor in any of this anymore. Considering that how much money's been pledged to the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, I don't know what it is, but every time, I remember uh, last year was horrible. It was, oh boy. But I think, 
I think terrible defending. If Adam Hansen was in match of the day, my God, man, he'd, oh. have, he'd have the best. He'd have the field. He'd, ah, he'll have a field, field day. Yeah, I mean, you if, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you heard from day one the constant week by week ripping of defending in this league because as much as Leicester deserved to win the league because they won the games and they got the points, I couldn't respect it because of the failure of other teams to do the basic stuff on the pitch to win those games. And it's not just the big boys. Some of the teams they played is the tactical awareness of the team you're playing. You played the first 19 games against each team and you've all played high highlights against this team and you, the guy's running behind you with his pace and he's smashing them in the back of the net. So surely you try and change it the second time round and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. I think the only thing to beat them twice was Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And even Arsenal failed to capitalise on that because they kept losing against other teams. Tottenham, even if they won all their games, they wouldn't have won the league because Leicester won. But... It was a two-horse race and it finished first. Exactly, essentially. And the faltering, the the the, the draw at Chelsea, the, the destruction at um, Newcastle, just it was embarrassing to watch. Mm. So you talk about that. And then you, you talk about a La Liga when Atletico have less quality than Barca and Real Madrid in total and they stuffed they stuck it out. When Valencia won in League with Benitez, they stuck it out and they had much no, less that's quality. That's the thing, they're, they're not winning it based on, Atletico's not winning it based on superior attacking power, they're basing it on superior defensive mindset. Yeah. That's that's what's going to win you leagues eventually. Yeah. You, so, you you need a top a top defense to get you somewhere in the first place. It just it always comes out. Of t- it should always come back down to tactics, and it just never seems to do that, especially in England. It's like silly. even now, like we've got Conte, yeah, we've got Guardiola, we've got Klopp, Wenger, Pochettino, Mourinho, and Mourinho. Yeah, I pick two out of them. They probably have the best. So Conte and uh, Mourinho are clearly the best defensively. defensively yeah. Their teams keep conceding goals and conceding goals on a consistent basis. Especially Chelsea. Especially Chelsea. And I have to bring it up, but it's the English defenders. Or or a English defender to be more exact. (laughs) Because they don't it's like they don't have the basic training of a defender. And we we scream in this country what they coach in a way where it's like a goalkeeper is separate from the goalkeeper. Defenders are separate from defenders. Midfielders are separate from midfielders and strikers. Strikers. Strikers basically focus on shooting. Midfielders on passing and crossing and using their pace. Defenders mm. on just trying to defend and goalkeepers are always separate and then doing their basic goalkeeping training. Whereas in other countries, they train these players as if they're players all together in a team because you look at... Total football. Yeah, you look at Spain, you look at Germany, the goalkeepers can pass now and control the ball their feet. I mean, Germany, Neuer brought that, that, that thing in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's not say it's like a, they've been doing it for a while. No, they haven't been doing it for a while, yeah. but you've got goalkeepers now they, they, they have that, yeah, absolutely. that are capable of it, him yeah. and Ter Stegen. And then the defenders can do the same thing. Look at how Philip Lahm seamlessly went from right back to central defensive midfielder because he, he knew how to... Central. Defensive. No, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. Because he had the basic training as a youngster. So in a, in a sense, he knew how to adapt to a different situation. In this country, you put another player somewhere. I mean, people are saying, for example, uh, John Stone should be a defensive midfielder because of the way he moves with the ball and he's not a great tackler. His positioning is poor. In some way, I can agree with that because defensively, as a centre-back, when you have poor positioning, you're a liability in every sense. At the same time, as a defensive midfielder, you also need positioning because if you go missing, there's a, ho- there's there's a big a gap ball, yeah. and they're going to exploit that. Same, you, you go and ask Mourinho against Man City when Fellaini constantly went missing, as well as Pogba, they went missing. The brain had the time of his life. You don't defend that way. So 
in these countries where they're teaching each and every player to play the same not the same way but learn all everything together if you're not doing that here they're not going to learn that if, and if you're good with your right foot it's okay if you're not great if your left foot because your right foot is good enough gary cahill has been found out in the last four games because the sanchez thing i'll point out over and over again the fact that he controlled the ball with his right foot and then to make a back pass he, he had to turn his whole body mm-hmm. around just to bring it back to his right foot whereas you look at i know he's a striker but i'm still going to bring up when dennis burkamp scored that goal he flicked out of the, the outside of his right boot and used his ability to get back to his, his right foot like that's actual skill so not luck no pure <laughs> skill i don't care what anyone tells me oh there's people that like to criticize goals too much and it's just just like, take it in it was brilliant like that's how you train players you train players to learn all these things together if you don't do that you're going to have your gary cahill's or whoever else is out there that doesn't have to play football really mm. it's disappointing to watch and then when you have technically good footballers in your team you don't like using them now the one that comes to mind is hargreaves learned outside england he was became one of if not the best english midfielder at the time in the squad when you picked him um dyer uh he trained in portugal you know he's not homegrown here really he's english but you know is he better than this guy is he better than that guy yes he is because he has to play the role and he does it successfully that's why it works for him at tottenham mm. so you train the player as well you get there you just you reap rewards yeah they talk about copying these systems from this country and this country you don't have yeah, to here we go. And play it. here's the thing like there's no there's no game plan there's no plan of action at all it's always it's 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 always reactive never proactive same 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 shit keeps popping up here and here and there like Spain win the World Cup. We have to play like Spain. We need we need to teach our kids how to do this, and that's how they're going to win. Then Germany pop up. Oh, completely different game plan. Spain very very t- very t- very tiki taka. Very nice in football, but more emphasis on the, on wing on wing play. Yeah. And oh, they they went like this. So now we have to we have to uh, play like this. Yeah. What if Algeria win the World Cup next time? Are we going to play like Algeria? It, that, that, that's 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 how we that's how we that's where we're going. That's how we're doing it, and it's not it's not working. You're it, correct because the, the game keeps evolving. Yeah, and we evolved too late. We've recently got St. George. We've recently built St. George's Park. Good first step, but come up with your own game plan, which teams don't know how to defend against, and might actually beat someone. Like, I can say all this and it's all, all fine and dandy, but the quality of players as well, yeah, are just abysmal compared to other nations. Like, it, like, uh, here's the thing: everybody says uh, if we want to um, compete with the big boys, English players need to be playing for top English teams. They deserve to be playing for top English teams. It's not nothing to do with their, their quality. Because if they, if they were good enough in the fucking first they'd, they'd place, be they'd be in the teams. Yeah. Like, it's like you, you, a team which is a business. First and foremost, it's a business. It's not a yeah. football club. Not, not, not these days. It's a business. Yeah. They're going to... Make, make an example here. They're going to replace Alexis Sanchez with, God knows, Chubakwam, because he's English. Boy. <laughs> it, no, uh, it yeah. makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, it doesn't at all. Like they're gonna they're gonna replace what's it uh Bai with who who's one of your English defenders? Tyler Blackett. Oh boy. Uh oh. Oh boy. It makes zero sense. Oh boy. Like it's, it's you you it's like 
It just won't. We won't win you games because okay. They say they say this apparently this is English DNA style. We have to play in us, right? So it's passing. Is this and that? I like passing football. You like passing football. We, we, <laughs> we all like passing like, football. We we grew up watching two teams that knew how to play possession in the right way. Okay, now the way England moved the ball about, it looks to me like they're passing it for no reason. It's sort of like, and I, I hate to use this comparison, but I have to do it today. It's like when you play someone on FIFA. Yeah, oh God. I have to do it though. I have to do it. But this is how this. I feel. I feel like I'm watching England when I'm playing people on FIFA <laughs> because. This is what they do. So there's a, there's been a criticism online re- on Twitter recently of people that like to play possession football on FIFA, and someone put a video up of him playing triangle passes with his right back, centre back, and right mid. All wide passes for US yeah. players. Aren't yeah, 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 all wide passes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in um in like the right the right back position near the corner flag, just passing the ball in the triangle, done it like thirty five times, then made that ten passes up front and scored a goal. And he tweeted, oh, 45 passes, blah, 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 blah. just as a, so like a, as a mockery. Mm. And I've had people come at me saying, oh, you pass the ball too much. When you pass the ball with attacking the intent, you'll find a sway. You'll find a space to play and win the game. What England do is they, and I, I hate the criticism of this, is like, I don't, I'm even going to defend Jordan Henderson here, and I can't even want to do it, right? You got Jordan Henderson. Provide a bucket in a minute. Thank you. You got Jordan Henderson. You got Wayne Rooney sent midfield against Malta, right? And what you're doing is you're knocking the ball about and moving the Malta team to one side so that they can ping they can ping passes to either wing or someone making a run in the middle. That's all those two are doing. And yet, when that's happening and you as fans are watching that, you're booing it. But that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You've been screaming for time for your team to play passing football, and when they're doing it, you don't like it. And not doing it correctly. Not doing the way that Spain do it. Spain right? do it. But you haven't got the ability of Spanish players in your team. You're like, oh, Barcelona have this many Spanish players in their team. So why can't we do that with one of our teams? Yeah, because we ain't got a left-back better than Alba. We ain't got an Iniesta. We ain't got a Busquets. We ain't got a Coke. We ain't got a... He's at Atletico, I know, but... Just look deeper than that. It's, it's, it's the system. Yeah. They have a great, they have a great they have youth a, system. A wonderful great youth system. And every time a youth is coming through, they made them feel at home. Mm. In this country, it's essentially like if a player's linked somewhere oh you, you you disencourage it oh Raheem Sterling's just there at Liverpool what's he gonna do at Man City whereas in Spain you just back here at home I'll be I hear I'll say it's linked with Barcelona and I'm like what do they need him for because they got Suarez this guy this guy but at the end of the day they still play him and in Spain they don't say don't you dare go to that club it will ruin your, your career they say you know what go and play with the best so you can get better mm. In this country, you don't never encourage that. When Rooney was linked with Man United from Everton, even back then, they were like, "Oh, Rooney's a traitor." Da, yeah. da, da, da. And I get it. Every club, every, most people in this country, but probably ninety-five percent of people in this country hate Man United. I get it. But when he has a chance to play with better players, and you talk about him as being the future of English football, let him embrace that being under probably the best manager in in English football history. History. And probably the best no not even probably the best t- Premier League team there because we won more than everyone else in Premier League right, don't tweet your own no I'm just saying, yeah, saying yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to put it in side two my own. but they don't encourage it and it's always traitor traitor this traitor that if Naki Williams decided one day I'm going to leave Bilbao I want to leave Bilbao and Real Madrid or Atletico or Barca said they wanted him in that country they wouldn't be like oh why would you leave you're like you're from Bilbao that's why we love you here don't leave your Basque come on you're Basque like they say we're gonna miss you because you're homegrown and don't get it twisted when you come here we're gonna boo you 
But we're also going to support the decision that the fact that you're going to go and play with better players and hopefully learn and become a top talent. Because at the end of the day, it'll be great for someone to say, oh, we had this guy called Naki Williams at Bilbao and look at the player he is now. Mm-hmm. Look at Southampton. Southampton. This is why I love Southampton culture and their fans because they don't blue, they don't boo past talent. They look at oh God, and <laughs> Ox or Gareth Bale. There you go. And they say, look at the guy we produced. They still tweet these guys and say, look, if this is when you were playing for us back then, look at you now because they encourage it. Why don't we do that in this country? We can't, we just, you can't live with this trait of belief forever. It's the same thing as when a player gets old. He's getting older. He's not performing as much. They suddenly forget. And I, I'm not saying you have to, he has to be in the team before, because of past, because of past glories. Yeah. Like, like you took the forced Gerard being the Liverpool team playing a deep role. At some point it should have been dropped. Rooney's now being dropped and it's correct. Like, I mean, you can't use Gerard because in his last season he was the top scorer, wasn't it? Yeah, but the team was dead in general. The team was dead, yeah, but he, he himself wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that's true. But he was, you could see he was slowly declining. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was just like, okay, what are you going to do about it now? Instead, apart from their own fans, and even now, even now, your own fans rip into you. Mm. So it's, it's even a no-go. But other fans, especially for the country, you're watching your country and you're just continuing to discourage these players. And in Spain or Germany or something, when the player's not doing well, apart from maybe the political side of it, in terms of form, they'll try and support them because they want them to play well for the country. Barca and Madrid hate each other. But when it comes to watching Spain and their players are representing each other on the pitch, they're together. In this country, uh, no, he plays for Man City. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I've done, I've done that myself. I ain't going to die. Like, I'll see Raheem Sterling. He scored, I'll be like... And that's it. But... At the same time, I'm not going to boo him and because he's a Man City player. I'm going to watch him and say, you know what? Go out there and do all your stuff on the pitch because I want you to play well. We don't do that in this country. And it all falls hand in hand. The level of football, the level of support, the level of coaching in general is just absolute nonsense. Let's talk about coaching because here's the thing. Again, just what a lov- lovely quotes from, from media and just from English footballers or British footballers in general is that the top jobs need to go to English managers now. And once again, that makes zero sense. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's the, the last top job that went to an English manager was uh, Roy Hodgson at Liverpool. Boy. That, that was. Boy. Ask any Liverpool fan. Boy. Ask any Liverpool fan how that went. Yeah. Like, and now they're trying to fast track Eddie Howe because he seems to play the right way at Bournemouth. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Well done. Just just. And it's not just English English managers. Let's talk about British managers as well. David Moyes, David Moyes, David Moyes. I used to say that all the time Moyes. before you before you you drove that shit out of me. Moyes. To be honest, you can call him Moyes the hell you want now. Your jokes. Um, <laughs> David Moyes had ten years at Everton. Yeah. Won nothing. And then got given the Man United job. Deserved somehow deserved the Man United job, the, the biggest job in English in football. England at that time. Probably the world. Probably the biggest free job in the world at that time. Anyway. Yeah. It just makes zero sense, and like, who's got? I'm all for giving chances and giving opportunities. Maybe I'm not saying you need to win. Well, I need. To, I'm saying you need to win all trophies in order to, to gain a, a top job. But some level of success. There needs to be like even a win ratio above fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's an essential to be honest. If you're gonna manage a top team, you need to be winning on a regular basis, like. People say, "Oh, but the the um, the facilities 
and the money they can spend is not as much as this club, that club. That the one thing I hate, I hate hearing was, look how much, look how much he did well with Everton with no money. Imagine what he could do at Man United, and he spent a whole transfer window chasing player after player after player, just getting his own Fellaini. <laughs> and it didn't make sense because, all right, sign Fellaini, but you had a chance to sign him a month ago for much less because he was closing his contract. You were his manager. You knew this. You knew you could sign him for that much money, but you delayed it because you made a failed attempt to go and sign Fabregas. He was never going to come. And um, you you didn't... Thiago even came out and just said, I was just linked. I They never even approached me. So what was the point of wasting all that time if you didn't do it? But that's what English managers have been doing for the past few years and British because it's like people in this country can't take it in their chest that like they don't have another Sarah Ferguson right now or they don't have a British Wenger or Mourinho or Pep or Klopp, they sit here and they say, like, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe's a good manager. I firmly believe that. But I think he's at the right club right now. And he will say that. Mm. That's the reason why he came and said, British managers need to earn it. You don't just get it's, given it's jobs. Smart. He's, yeah. he's smart there. And here's the thing also, like, this is it's something that really annoys me, but managers that keep teams in the Premier League are heralded absolutely heralded in this country i'm not sure because i don't follow spanish football italian football or, or german football yeah. like that deeply yeah. maybe there are there maybe there are managers that are heralded for keeping teams up constantly and on a consistent I mean, basis to, oh. but my god how many managers how many british managers there are there that are heralded for for that one thing so pulis aldas oh. given england job because he because he keeps because he, he keeps teams up. up it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it's absolutely embarrassing. It's dreadful. It must have given to Kirbishly. Right. Like, the thing is, when we hear about these managers from other countries, even if they've um, helped the team stay up, there's some substance to their success. Whereas here, you have managers that are just labelled as the manager that can do that yeah. and nothing else. Like, Claude Puel, the Southampton manager, nobody knew who he was. Yeah. But look at the players. He, he walked through Henri. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the greatest players. He did in football history and he bought him through so he's I'm not saying he's done achieved much but, but he he's has achieved a, something positive yeah he has the idea the, of what it was yeah. all these these successes quote and um, quote and uh, unquote are all negative because they're, they're trying to avoid relegation yeah and that's bullshit exactly like Mark Hughes was bought this, this, uh, this, 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 this <laughs> they bought in Mark Hughes to play better football Albeit he did. Don't get me wrong. Not going in a sense, anyway. In a yeah. sense, I mean, play they play awful football now. Yeah. My God, that's what you want to bring him in for. Not not to win anything. Just, just to change to, the just style. Just to change the style of football. Didn't make sense. Newcastle when they were up here when when Chris Hutton had the job. Mike actually gave it all all the big tool. Um, we, we got rid of Chris Hutton to, to sign somebody more uh, fashionable, more more glamorous. Yeah. What fucking Alan, Alan, Alan Pardew? Yeah, it didn't make sense. Didn't Are you make, mad? Didn't make sense at all. Like, and what's he do? He, he let's, let's not get it wrong. Newcastle is a massive job. That's why they, we are constantly talking about them. That's why Benitez... That's, that's, yeah. that's why Benitez even stayed there. Because yeah. he thought, this is a big club. This is a massive club in England. Yeah. And he was given a job. On, on what basis? He's been relegated how many times? With Charlton, with West Ham. With West, especially with West Ham, boy. Like, what's he's been rewarded. He hasn't, he hasn't achieved anything. And it's, it's almost like, yeah, the, it's like, when I used to praise um, Harry Renat for certain things, don't get me wrong, he's a prick. But, 
Harry's a prick, but he's the, he's probably the most successful yeah. British English manager and it of makes, the 21st century. And it makes sense for him to be linked with the job because if you look at Portsmouth, won the FA Cup with them and brought through some brought some very good players into the club, went to Tottenham. If anything, Gareth Bill says this guy changed my career because he said, "No, you're not a left back; you're a left mid, and I'm going to move you forward. I'm going to attack because that's what you're good at." And Champions League, Champions League football, like he achieved stuff. So if you talked about him, they won a league cup. No, that's with Wanda Ramos, but they were struggling with Wanda Ramos. He came in. They were, they were, were going to get relegated. They were going to get came. yeah, and look what he done for them. So there was some stuff, some substance to him being linked with the job, mm. and it made sense. And he gets Roy Hodgson. And why did he get to Roy Hodgson? Because he reached an FA Cup final with Fulham, which is fair. He achieved something in that sense. And he's managing other countries. Okay, what's he done? That's like, you can say it's powerful because at the end of the day, you can say he's reached a final with this one and and this and Herenup only got them into the Champions League. Yeah, he got them into the Champions League. He got them out of the group stages and they lost to he, Real Madrid. He, he beat into Milan. He, beat into, he popped into Milan and they, they lost to Real Madrid. And I'm sorry, how many teams in this country are going to beat Real Madrid Football Club? Arsenal. Oh. This guy. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, apart from when I refills, I can't. There you go. But like, that makes sense. And then you've come to an era now when you're saying we need an English manager. Now you're at Gareth Southgate because he was, and he's caretaker manager. I get it, but where do you go after that? Because I, I, if if I hear Tony Pulis, I'm going to get pissed off. If I hit Aaron Pardew, I'm going to get pissed off. Who, in my mind, is the favourite to get in next? If I hit Eddie Howe, I'm going to be so worried for him because... It's a poison chalice. Even if he... He's so young, he doesn't need that job. Yeah. And he could be he could be doing actually good things with the squad. We could be look, watching the team and saying, you know what, this is making progress. But if they're not winning stuff, the media crucifies him. Mm-hmm. He loses the job. His reputation is ruined. Does he start at a club where he could... If he stayed at Bournemouth, got them even better and better than a team maybe that's fighting for a European League spot said, hey... We want you. Come to our club. Maybe that won't happen to him. Maybe he's going to now be the guy that has to become the new Tony Pulis and that's not fair on him. Mm. And like, Tony Pulis came with Stoke never achieved really anything in the Premier League. Um, Pardew, no comment. Like It's hey. just, it, it doesn't make sense. You've got managers out there on the planet that could probably do a better job. Even coaches. You don't give coaches enough support in, in English football anymore. It's hard for them to get coaching badges because you make it near enough impossible. Like, was it two grand? Yeah. And if you're not at a professional club who can back you, who are you going to get that money from? Because that's your money. You, and you're gonna, essentially, you're going to have to put yourself in a difficult situation where you can't really support yourself because you just thrown two grand into a whole situation. And if you fail, you're pissed. Yeah, you're back, you're back to ban- you're bankrupting yourself. Yeah. So? so, what do you do to support these guys? For me personally speaking, I don't. When I first time I level one of the London FA, they sent to give me letters from the post for the first five months. So letters for the post, emails saying, "Oh, in this in the next couple of months, this will happen. This will happen." We send you reminders. That was in 2012. I've not heard a word from them, and I done my thing in like May 2012. I'd say since November 2012, I've not heard one word from them because they don't support the coaches in their area. And it's like if you want these guys to progress surely you do something to back them but you don't do it but that's the whole thing around the country so now you're running out of English managers to the point where you're going to have that same nonsense of when back in the day Arsenal fielded a team with no English players and you're screaming yeah if they were good enough they would have played yeah, yeah they, I mean Francis Jefferson for Arsenal oh, no, 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 that's not mine. Francis Jefferson should be 
The next one, the Fox in the Box. The guy hasn't even scored 50 league goals and he's a striker. He's retired as in well. any level. Like, and you've got players who obviously are, are out of this world, but they're scoring 50 in a season. And this guy played professional football for 15 years and he scored 50 in general and he's a striker. But you're heralding all these players saying they should sign for these teams. What happens? Mm. Nothing. You hit on the press there. Let's, let's talk about press scrutiny for a second. Sometimes players and managers, they deserve to be scrutinised. I love Nigel Pearson because he's just an absolute dickhead. Mm, mm. But then you get some nonsensical stories just, just for headlines. Let's talk about Raheem Sterling and, and buying his mum a house. Guy wants to buy his mum a house. Any, any, pers- any person in a rags to riches story where you become a multi-millionaire would do that unless your mum was an utter dickhead. Exactly. Exactly. Any person on the planet would do that and you decide to crucify him for that. Makes zero sense. I'm just... Like you said there with the whole um, media crucified Wenger when he didn't field out any uh, English outfield players. Yeah. That seems like an excuse to me. It's not... It's, you're not scrutinising... The right people there. It's not Wenger's fault that the talent he had available, the English talent he had available to him at that time, at that time, just wasn't up to standard. Yeah. Wasn't up to par. Yeah. And they have. I just, I feel like the press, English press, just never has its moments, because you have like, who was it? It was um Scolari when he was linked with the England job after Sven got fired. Yeah. He said that I would have taken the job if the English press weren't hard enough. This is a man that recently won the World Cup with Brazil. Yeah, yeah. And he was scared of the, of, of the press. And that's something that the press love to hear. They love to hear that they have that sort that, that of power. power. yeah, yeah. And it's just wrong. It's so wrong. I mean, you could, like the press, I mean, press in general, like, what is it? Um, in Spain, the, the Marca. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Or Marfa, whatever you want to yeah, Marca, yeah, Marca. They have a serious amount of uh, amount of power. Ridiculous amount of power. Is it is that the Barcelona one or the Madrid? That's the Madrid one. Yeah, AS is Barca. Ah, it's 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 confusing. I don't know how it's happened. Maybe it's probably due to the, all the money that they're, they're flooding into Premier League. But sometimes you just need to separate them two for something to flourish because it's not gonna fl- if if players are constantly hearing their names or managers in the papers. Is genuinely, I say nine times out of ten, it's going to be something negative. Yeah, and it affects these players as well. It affects these players. Like, I remember when Rooney was was not first line, like in his mid middle middle of school, he was doing well on the pitch. Mm. He could have been doing better, but they were crucifying for going on holiday. Oh, oh. Multi millionaire. Oh, oh mate. He was was to spend time with his family, and, you, and you, oh, yeah, it makes zero sense. There needs to be a, some sort sort of reform. I'm, I mean. I'm being revolutionary here. I'm, I'm being press. I mean, there needs to be some f- form of press reform in England in general. Yeah, yeah. But the press, in terms of football, just need to fucking back off. They, they don't. They, it's like they have no boundaries. They, they ask no some boundaries. of the most ridiculous questions, and then when they get an angry response, it's, it's like um, when Van Howe called um, that guy. A fat, he said, "You fat man." <laughs> that was hilarious. hilarious. But he was provoked into that. Like we know he's quite the character. But unless someone, like any person, unless you're provoked into something, you're not going to get a reaction like that. Mm. Like the Wenger thing, for example, right? They were like, oh, he's not signing English players um, 
he, um, there's no there's no English player apart from Ashley Cole before he left Chelsea, mm. and then Kieran Gibbs in the back. Like they haven't got any English players, so Campbell's gone. Who are they gonna do? Why he's not signing English players? This is a time when you're you're looking at flipping Stuart Downing <laughs> coming to the England <laughs> team, <laughs> and and like Mika Richards, Mika Richards, who. Like and I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Darren for this because Darren rated him said this guy's gonna be live. He, I knew he was gonna be dead. I knew <laughs> he was gonna be dead. So shame. But anyway, um, like if an English player is great, they will be signed. It, I don't understand. It's like they'd be like like for example, and this is about this among African press, right? This is what pissed me off about African press. You had people African press and fans supporting Man United, and then these same fans would call Sats Ferguson racist. Do you know what I'm basis of? Because not signing African players. Where do African players go in January? African Cup of Nations. Do you not have the sense of mind to think, rah, if I'm a manager and I sign five African players and they're mainstay in my team, they're part of that first 11, and African Cup of Nations comes and I lose these five players, what do I do? Mm. It doesn't make sense to sign them. I mean, in terms of African Cup of Nations, that... that that tournament needs to be it needs to be moved it needs to be moved it needs to be moved because there there is no i don't feel there's any need to move play in january there's no danger of weather or blah 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 listen africa's just hot in general <laughs> so you can play whenever the hell you want to play at tournaments so or play in the summer like everybody else does like plus they're african yeah they're, they're used to it they, so it's confident they used to live there yeah so it's confident you know <laughs> they were born there so you know i mean and if some of them weren't even born there and decide to play, play for their country because of their mom and dad playing there i'm sure that uh, that tuba Akpom's not crying about going to nigeria and hot weather and chilling oh, no, right no, now no. like he's calm these things people need to understand it's that the press don't get it you you criticize this player the rooney thing for example right even now he's in he's in shocking form i'll say it today colleen rooney had to tweet to defend because not not because of Rooney's form, because people were booing Rooney at the stadium and shouting abuse at her and her son mm. whilst at the stadium, and she was just saying even on the radio, yeah, criticize Wayne Rooney if you want to. You can talk about a player; you've got a right to. But the way you go in on him and his kid is listening, and all people are saying to her was, "Oh, change the radio station." Then she can listen to what the hell she wants. Like. I understand criticism is fair and you can do it but when it comes to especially in the stadium shouting abuse at their wife forget even the son first the wife is bad enough but a little kid Kai Rooney and his dad's going to be he's going to come and I don't know what he's going to say to his dad but he's going to be upset and his dad's going to say no don't worry about it is that kind of shit that's nonsense I mean here's the thing when, you, when you're successful in any in any area that gives you gives you fame you have to surrender a, a, a piece of your privacy you do yes you do something just respect your boundaries man yeah just respect boundaries like, it doesn't make sense to do certain, certain things it and, sense. but this is this is this is the world we live in is even people and this is unrelated to football but not even just um people members of the public even like press releases saying oh maybe county where should have finished his his set instead of going to after, after kim k his wife was at gun, held at gunpoint she was tied up thrown into a bath she thought she was going to get raped that's number one they robbed her number two yeah and that's the mother of his children of course he's gonna run to her it doesn't matter what the hell he is he has to stop why is he getting criticized um oh this player his wife gave birth 
but he's not the one giving birth. Yeah, but I'm sure as a family, if your wife was giving birth and you were at work, wouldn't you want to go and to be at the birth of your kid and hold him in your arms or her in your arms? These are sense. These are common sense things, but it's like they don't reset the boundaries so much now that they just feel they can say anything and say anyhow. And when a player gets pissed, oh, why are you getting pissed? Well, you know, you just ripped me to shreds in the press. Like, can I not defend myself? Absolutely. It's it's so embarrassing. And uh, I, I'm hard to even. Don't even know. Okay, we've been fairly negative on on uh, English football in general. Let's just talk about something in light. Let's let's this. How can English football be improved? So let's start at the at the very bottom. Let's talk about grassroots level. I mean, you're going to be negative here because it's just it, at, at this point in time, it's horrible. It is a shocker. See, the thing is, um, when it comes to how in London, let's go. Let's say this here, London. We live in London, so it's easy for us to say London. When how London is changing the facilities for kids to play football now, right? So, me and some of the guys used to go to Memorial in West Ham, the park, and use the cage, and it was free of charge. Sometimes they lock it. Fair enough, it's someone's property, but sometimes they open it and they never stop anyone from going to play football in there because you should be allowed to go and express yourself on the pitch as a kid. Now, even if you and your kid wants to go and play, you have to pay £15 to £20 for an hour to play in a cage with your kid. They're restricting each and every place now. Even parks now they're getting moved away for houses. Um, other parks, like you're not allowed to even step on the pitch now because they're doing this, that and the other. Um, me and my cousin, he's 26, looking for a football team right now. I help him train every now and then. The park we go to is not to scratch. I have to be honest. But if you rewind maybe 10 years ago, I guess, maybe that's too far for some people. I don't really care. 10 years ago, there were so many places to play football and do this. Now, you've got a lot of talented kids out there who are not getting clubs because clubs are not being supported. Um, and essentially talents are being held back and also with the level of coaches there are probably, there are some coaches out there I'm going to shout myself out bang bang <laughs> some coaches out there that are actually good enough to make it one day and <laughs> you know I'm going to shout myself out there two year old there yeah two year old might as well might as well your podcast yeah plug it you know um, but no on a level there are actually some great coaches even the people I work with there are some top coaches there but they don't feel like they can get into the game because they don't get the support they need and the cost of it is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the cost. Plus, there's also, there's also a snobbery in football. Again, like in the top in top flight, anyway, where in order to be a coach, you have to have played the game at a, at a yeah. exceedingly high level. Yeah, they do this thing where if you've played the game for a number of years yeah. or on a level like that, when you get out of the game, they make you skip level one and two mm. and you just go straight to the UEFA B. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong to be honest sometimes i do think it's good for players to do that because some players leave the game and they don't know what to do with themselves they don't some of them didn't um I mean, it's horrible they didn't go through education they just yeah. left their education straight away at the age of 13 or something to focus on football they made it but when they left they had nowhere else to go um and you have to try and depend on reputation maybe become a pundit mm. or just do um score alerts for sky sports or bt sports or something you have to i don't know mm. but so i i do on one bit support the fact that they're, try- yeah. Yeah, they're trying to help these footballers do that. At the same time, you're making it too easy for them because if they don't go through level one and level two, they don't know the struggle of what these other guys are going through because when you do a level one here, they say, wait a few months, then try and do a level two. When there's some coaches out there that are like, you know what, level, level one's easy. Mm. You, have to, what, you have two weekends and they spoon feed you everything. Then on the end of the second weekend, they say, here's this um, session plan. 
this is how it's detailed for you now you just read over it and then when you come you just perform it for 15 minutes and if we like it you get a level one anyone can do that anyone you don't have to like football you just say it up you tell them what to do as long as you explain it properly and they get it and you can ex- you can even um show them a little bit you've got it level two is a bit harder much more expensive ridiculous amount What's the um some try and charge you upwards of like 500 hmm. and some being the fa and it's just <laughs> like it's just like i paid like me for example i paid 30 quid for my level one and you're trying to tell me if someone does a situation with me i told someone go do level one they pay 30 quid and then they came up to me and said how much is level two? Oh, you're paying 470 pounds more and then when you finish, they don't help you with equipment, by the way. You have to buy your own footballs, your own cones, maybe portable goals, whatever. Mm. Person goes, look, I say, is this really worth it then? Because I'm not going to support. Whereas a footballer, of course, they've earned their money. It's easy for them in a sense because if they fail, they just pay for it again. I mean, in some cases, the club continues to pay for them mm. and they just get a walk in the park. I mean, here's the thing as well. Like, you can, see, you can look to other countries where I would say managers probably skip those steps or maybe they haven't. Mm. But they've gone to they've gone from very decent jobs to top flight jobs. Your peps, your uh, oh, what's the athletic coach? Simeone. Simeone. But then, if you look at someone like Mourinho, mm. who got injured at, at the very start of his of his playing career, yeah, and has now worked his way up. He, he has worked his way up. Yeah, went to Barcelona to for to to be the. Um, one of the assistants and um he assisted um what's his Sir face Sir Bobby his sister Sir Bobby was, was the translator yeah and now he's won 18 league 18 major trophies yeah in many countries in, <laughs> in, yeah <laughs> yeah to be honest so there are managers that can do it but they just need the financial support and it, it's, it's not fair that's it I mean in Portugal I don't know how the system works but the way he worked up was he was at um another lower club went left the country managed to get a job at Barcelona because they saw his talent. Mm. Then in management, he went to a lower club in Portugal, like I think their third tier, then went to another club in the tier just below the top tier. Then he got a job at Porto and he was winning at all these places. He earned it bit by bit. And then they say, oh, he splashes money, but he was at clubs in Portugal where money is not there for these clubs to spend that kind of money. Mm. So obviously he's doing something right. And now he's at a place where he's spending the money. And it's like the same thing with Pep. Like Pep obviously had a successful football career. Mm. And he went into the game and he managed to get his first job as Barcelona B manager. But what people don't understand is, even as a player, this guy was talking to other managers of his at other clubs saying, I want to learn this. Exactly, yeah. Going to other countries of other teams, telling his manager, I want to go to this team because mm-hmm. I admire this manager. I want to learn from him, not to transfer. I just want to learn. Whereas you get players like Gary Neville, who just who do a, a very good job at the country level. And then... But, because of his success as a player, expects that once you get into a top team like Valencia, and they are, don't get me wrong, they are a top team. They're going for a bad time, but they're, they're a top, top team. team. Yeah, they are. He just expects that he'll he'll win everything, and it just doesn't doesn't make like, sense. And now Giggs as well. Giggs, Giggs came out and said he turned down the Swansea job because um, their ambitions didn't he didn't match his and something like that. And I was just like, he's okay, he's done nothing. Th- this is the thing. Like, oh, I can't. he's done nothing, and they expect everything. Should, should, should we talk about that? that Robbie Savage and Chris Carter stuff. Go on. Because that, yeah, like Robbie Savage coming out and saying Ryan Giggs shouldn't need to be interviewed for a job because he's played English football. All you need to do is find out about his personality. Yeah, that's an interview, mate. Find out about about his philosophy. Yeah, that's what you do in an interview. But 
to say that even if you put that to one side to say that he doesn't need an interview because he knows the game chris sutton said what does bob bradley know that ryan giggs doesn't or steve bruce doesn't steve bruce has failed in the premier league already i, I forgot to mention bruce's name in the uh Survivor of relegation. Yeah, because yeah. he done it with Birmingham. And he failed with that, and how he failed. <laughs> and it's like you talk about him saying, "Why does he get the job?" Yeah, because these guys have had a chance at Premier League football, and they've done nothing, absolutely nothing. And then Bob Bradley, who's not even had a chance, but he's managed in the international his country, and he's managed Look elsewhere. USA are now. Yeah, and he's managed other teams outside of England. Obviously, like he's managed in um Starbeck. I can't where are they from. Sweden mm. and another team and he's done okay there and then we have and then Le Havre in France as well and what was it that um what's his name Bobby Savage said but if he's so good why Le Havre 11th in the league too what's Steve Bruce doing what has Ryan Giggs even done like, I Ryan love Giggs, Ryan Giggs but he's managed four games and the season was over did he win all four no no and he was an assistant for the rest of it so it makes zero sense. It, that, that, <sighs> zero zero sense. But uh, go back to grassroots, though. You talk about the uh, coaching side, but the player side as well. Like the facilities available. I remember. I remember interviewing uh, Peter Hucker for like a uni project, right? And he was talking about the, the, the facilities that are made available to him. And he's he's coached. He was goalkeeper coach at Tottenham at one point, so he clearly has the money. He has his own. He has his own school. He's okay. here in a in a Wanstead. Okay, and he's saying that sometimes the pitches, the the grass isn't cut to a, d- a decent At level. All. They don't look after it. Yeah, there's shit on the pitches. There's yeah. glass on the pitches, and sometimes uh, there's tire tracks even on the pitches. Yeah, yeah. How is somebody, anybody, supposed to supposed to improve their game by playing on a pitch like that? On playing on a pitch like that. Yeah, it it, it can't happen. It won't happen. The ball's gonna constantly bounce, and maybe in some some cases that's gonna improve a play drastically in yeah. terms of tight control. Yeah. But if the pass is gonna go away, it's gonna it's gonna improve you. It's gonna dissuade you. It's gonna knock on your confidence. Yeah. And to be honest, to be a top flight anything, that is the key attribute you need to have. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger playing football, when I played for Royal Falcons, um. There's one game that I'll never. There's one day that I'll never get out of my head. <laughs> so, at Beckton, they had a lot of. There's a lot of parks in Beckton, and behind where I lived, you had like parks. There was three separate parts. There's a big park together, but they were separated into three. So one day, one day, and one on the further side, and they all had football pitches on there, and that was our home place. So we had a game, right? And obviously, because there's a lot of pitches, a lot of teams are playing their games on the same day on those different pitches. So we had allocated pitch. So we got there. And all these other teams are not playing their games. And we're standing there watching, thinking, like, what's going on? Is this not starting or what's going on? And there's people getting angry and you're like, well, what's going on? Essentially, what the people who control the park let happen was people take their horses on there and shit all over the, the guy. And they didn't clean up, knowing that there's matches coming up next. So where are we going to play? Mm. So the only pitch that was available was the one further end because that's the only one they cared to even not allow anyone on. So you had what? six seven games having to wait for one and then and the other one plays next it's not acceptable and now what you're doing is now you're even taking these facilities away from these kids so when they want to play football oh i want to go power league 
yeah it's five pounds for an hour no sorry 45 minutes mm. you're you have to pay 45 minutes to play something that you love mm. um i want to go to memorial unless the the little cracks are open in the fences for you to jump through and somehow play football for a while and without getting caught and they'll, they'll i mean they'll report you anyway because they'll call the police and say look i thought kids i'll just trespass to my pitch you're gonna have to pay 20 pounds to play on a pitch and that's the best pitch that I've seen in Newham mm. in general. If they can't play there, where are they going to play? And when you go elsewhere, oh, this school owns this pitch. You can't play there unless the school says so. I mean, you, you, you're just restricting these kids. And when it comes to finding like where I am right now, I'm in Essex coaching these kids. When it comes to coaching these guys, they're good, but we can't take them anywhere because even the facilities they have around them are not good enough. Mm. was... I think the FA and the Premier League that when they had um, when they had this massive injection of all this money they set aside a certain amount for grassroots development yeah but what we found out with deep investigation was that most of that money that they set aside was going to big clubs yeah to improve, to improve their, their grassroots development yeah which <laughs> made no sense and the big thing being, and I praised that first of, um, cause I thought I actually thought this is a good idea, allowing clubs to not have um, the restriction of certain miles to scout a player. Now they can go anywhere in the country and look at a player and say, if I like him, he's coming to my club. I I praised that because I thought that'd work, but it's made things worse mm. because they're not doing that. And for all the oh, why they're signing players from abroad, you have to look at yourselves because at the end of the day. When they sign players from abroad, these guys forget about the story of this is all they know growing up because of their environment and some of them are poor. And like, at the end of the day, when you go to these countries, they're not charged to go and play football at a park. Mm. They're allowed to go and express themselves. And that's how they're found. The people cr- scream in this country, oh, I won't give up because... Ian Wright was found at 24 and he went to Crystal Palace, went to Arsenal and then look what he did. With. Yeah. Compare his situation then to now because people say Charlie Austin. Yeah, Charlie Austin is a, a modern footballer. He's still playing now. He's not an old guy. He's got a future. But he said he had a trial at 23. Yeah, because he was playing football professionally elsewhere. Even semi pro level was playing elsewhere. Mm. He had that chance. You play now, you hardly have a chance because these teams, are not, they're not looking. When they say they're looking for a kid, at most they're seven maybe 10 at most you're not going to get any better than that and when you've got kids that are maybe 12 13 that are actually very very talented but they ain't been seen people are told oh it's too late because you're 13 mm. then how are they going to make it it's discouraging i had someone on my periscope and I, I was a bit unfair to him he's 19 he's saying no um i won't play for arsenal one day i was like mate you're 19 i don't think you're gonna make it it's not gonna happen but what i tried to relate to him was if you want to try and make it just you have to always aim, sometimes you have to aim low because if you start at a club like look at um chris morning maidstone to fulham to united in like two years the space of two years it was quick but he got found when he was what 21 as well he wasn't uh, he was at Maidstone. he probably thought oh, i'm just gonna be playing with my boys i like this team i'm not gonna make it mm. and then fulham took him before i'm taking this chance and it may not it came for you and you're linked with arsenal and other clubs it can happen play to the best of your ability in the situation that you are in exactly because you may find a way and yeah. you know, I mean, Audrey Gray is now playing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Vardy is now playing in the Premier League. I mean, these are not great players, but they've made it. So I'm not trying to discourage regime, but at the same time, 
they're going to hear that these Premier League clubs are looking for players that are essentially that are kids mm. and if you're not a kid anymore they're not going to look at you mm. and if you've got talent real talent that you could probably have in Premier League but you're not being looked at because of your age well you're just going to think well I'm not doing this mm. nothing's been helped and it's hard to find players now uh, even the only team the only kids that I found now are kids that have rich parents case in point when I was working in Hillingdon I went there cold shock for me oh you're getting driven to the training grounds what a whole me <laughs> <laughs> okay I go to the office we're in the office saying, he's saying that to me in the office we walk out I see a big coach look like proper luxurious coach kids are walking in no care in the world putting their bags throwing their bags anywhere because they're not they're not being brought up that way are they they go inside and they go to their, their own change room you go into the change room my goodness the toilets they have a pitch that's cut for them because the school is rich and it's just like okay that's great for them well, that's, but no, it's, that's, that's a privately owned big, company though isn't th- it? that's the only thing the thing about what about proper grassroots is that the, the, the pitches and even the training grounds or training pitches that they play on are owned by government Yeah, and that's where the the, the FA and the Premier League's money needs to go if they want to bring through English talent English talent but they won't do it of course they won't and they complain about the clubs like that's the, the the whole homegrown quota thing it doesn't work because Main Knight could go and sign a 17 wait, wait in fact we signed Angel Gomez now he's 16 we signed him when he was 15 look at how he's ripping it up and he's playing with under 21s how he's ripping it up and under 18s he's moved back and forth Second year at United now. Third year, he's going to be eligible for homegrown main United and in England. So you don't need English players to fill that quota. Mm. You sign these guys from abroad. They come to the country legally until Brexit happens. <laughs> you know, they live in a dream. Yeah. You're not thinking. He's not fixing the system right. What are you going to do now? Now, what was what's this the stuff about? When they screaming something about you need a certain amount of English players in your team. Yeah, to they want to they quote. What's that going to do if you're not helping support it? That's just going to run out. It doesn't make sense. If you want something to happen, you have to help the cause. Mm. If you do the same thing over, you know, makes no sense. Makes no sense. Oh dear. I mean, yeah. We could we say grass facilities are are bad at this moment in time but could we improve indoor facilities could we create more indoor facilities and start a whole futsal regime futsal futsal was hard to find that's the problem I think there's quite a few Mm. but they don't advertise it as much because futsal is not really shown as a big thing around here which is unfortunate Mm. because if you're good at futsal you'd be good on a football pitch Mm, without a doubt I mean most of the Brazilians played futsal first and then they just tore it up have you seen um, Ronaldinho's tapes? Yeah, oh, man. Oh. It's absolutely ridiculous. So if you encourage these kind of things, the progress happens, they can go and do that. Um, in terms of the overall inf- indoor facilities... I mean, they're going <laughs> to be better than uh, yeah, outdoor yeah. Grass, grass facilities. In terms of the, qu- yeah, the solid qu- quality you get and the, the playing surface, obviously, I mean, you're, hopefully you're not going to get a bumpy indoor surface because that's just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But few dead bodies underneath. Yeah, you know. But it's it's the allowing of them to go and play because Newham General has not Newham Leisure Centre has a wonderful, wonderful indoor facility. Mm. And then you ask them 
can my kids go and play in there? Um, it's five pound for thirty minutes for my kids to play football. It's just a, it's just a d- deterrent. Yeah, you're just taking the mick because the parents gonna say, and bear in mind, Newham is not the richest area <laughs> at <laughs> all. I think it's the second poorest in yeah. England. Exactly. So you what you're gonna tell a parent who might be you might be struggling big time. Tell them, oh yeah, if you want to pay five quid, your kid can't play here for like five hours. By the way, they're playing here for thirty minutes, mm. and they're gonna tell the kid, "This I'm not paying for that because that five pound could be used to something else better." And the kid's gonna be there like, "I just want to play football," mm. and they've got a cage that's got like three separate big pitches in there. Again, you have to pay and you have to book it, and it's usually booked by guys that their football gym is over. So, <laughs> and that's because the kid's parent is not going to take their time to say I'm booking this because unless they really care, care about their kid's f- future as a footballer they're not going to encourage it and how many parents really encourage the football dream at first really so <laughs> you just have to help everything bit by bit and that's where the money has to come in as you said put the money in the right places but you're not doing it so what do you expect you get the same results all the time what's the definition of insanity <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there ladies and gentlemen uh, Michael where can they find us uh, find us Twitter free in midfield SoundCloud free in midfield and of course iTunes free in midfield that is of course that's right indeed this has been another episode of the Football Podcast good night, good night. Good night.